Google no longer buys into that. I mean, there's still little bits of old school SEO lingering that's every week's going and getting better and better. But certainly just from your own pride perspective, you, you don't want a shit website. You shouldn't have a web page that's just stuffed with keywords that makes no sense. It's, um, you know what, your website's built for your target audience and Google follows suit. And it's also, I think people don't stop to think about what Google's trying to do. So at Google's essence, it's, he's trying to index and categorize the world's information. Hi, this is Dan Rao, founder and brand strategist at DSR Branding, and you're listening to DSR Branding Presents. Join me as I interview brilliant business leaders on branding, marketing, design, and good business principles. These are people who think differently and have commercialized their creativity to do something remarkable. This episode is on search marketing and the death of SEO with Ben Hirons. Over the past 20 years, Ben has started and grown three successful businesses, researched over a thousand SMEs, and studied the great marketers of our generation. He's currently the founder of Jew North, a team of marketing engineers collaborating with businesses to drive revenue growth online. Ben has a refreshing take on SEO and shares great tips on what you can do to win on Google. Plus, we discuss his favorite brand, building and selling businesses, attracting ideal clients, developing a content strategy, and dealing with imposter syndrome. This episode is perfect for marketers and business owners looking to get more sales from their website. If you're currently spending money outsourcing your SEO, this episode is well worth your time. Enjoy. Just a warning, this episode features some colorful language. Well, Matt, thanks very much for coming on the show. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's, it's great to be here. Mate, we kick things off the same way uh, with a simple icebreaker. So what's your favorite brand and why? Oh, good question. Um, I, I think my favorite brand, that has been for a little while actually, is Yeti. Do you know the, um, the US-based uh, outdoor gear company? No. Yeti, Y-E-T-I. Yeah, um, cool. Look, and it's just, it's probably on numerous fronts why I like it. It's just, it's a, it's a cool name. Uh, the, the creatives, they do are brilliant. Um, I think ultimately, uh, so they started out and look, I might get some of these stories slightly wrong. So you, you're going to have to forgive me. And this is my interpretation of it, obviously, but, um, they started out, uh, building an Esky, um, as their first product or one of their first products. And when they took it to market, the SE was three times the price of the most expensive competitor. Um, <laughs> and yet it's, it sold out. Um, and it's, it's basically, so they build an esky that you can stand on, which none of the, um, others can. So they're, they're mad fishermen. So they want to be able to stand on their esky and cast out and pull things out. Uh, they wanted cup holders in their esky. Uh, and so it was all those sort of things that they really built this product and this brand based around the end user versus, um, I guess quite often we get in our head what we think people want versus what they actually want. So, um, just as, uh, my wife just recently bought, you know, the, um, uh, the hydro flasks that you obviously yeah, carry yeah. water in. Yeah. And most yeah. of them retail for sort of 30 bucks. So she paid a hundred bucks for this hydro flask, right? Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it's more, it's bigger than, than all of them. It's uh, insulation is better. So she's um, uh, a paramedic and patient transport. So she needs something that's going to hold for the whole day. So whereas all your other hydro flasks are mainly 750 mils, I think they are. Whereas, you know, if that runs out of lunch somewhere, this is 1.25 
and last year the whole day. So it's just it's that practicality that they bring. Um, they've got a cop following of of uh, of loyal advocates, um, and just the, the way they communicate and who they communicate with is um, yeah, just it leaves me in awe of what they do and how they do it. So it's definitely one of my favourite brands that they um they bring yeah, to life. Cool. I love my outdoors. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at their site now. It's um yeah, it's it's really cool. I've seen their I've seen their products before um for like custom drinkware and you'll do like the coffee flasks and and things like that and they look really good yeah yeah i like it yeah awesome yeah and the product's always it's always a great product um yeah. so it's uh yeah and, and once again when you can charge three times as much as the competitors you, you've got to be doing something right yeah definitely that's cool yeah yeah what's your favorite brand uh man i actually spoke about this the other day with someone um yeah. i have one that I think is very similar to this in the sense of the level of quality um, they put out. So one uh, one I like is Rogue Fitness um, and they're a big um, manufacturer of fitness strength and conditioning equipment in yep. the States. Yep. So yep. American company started by a guy who just got into CrossFit and, and started to do like an e-commerce site um, and then realized that the quality of the, of the gear wasn't up to scratch so started to make it himself and then built this amazing sort of manufacturing plant and it's all american made awesome really good quality and it it looks in terms of this you know i guess what yeti is promising of you know they might not do everything but the things that they do do are just incredibly high quality um sort of best of class um you know and they won't put their name to something that isn't of that standard um yeah i really like brands that sort of uh that withhold from sort of expanding their range until they can nail it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's awesome, isn't it? Yeah. Just that, yeah. you know, it's so, so disciplined in what you do and how you do it and why you do it. Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. and then free of distractions and uh, yeah, not getting caught up with the new shiny thing. Um, just focusing on what they're great at and um, doubling down. I really like that. Yep. Yeah. It's awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so Ben, mate, give us a bit of background. How did you get your start in yep. the industry? Uh, it's, I think it's probably like most people. It's quite a convoluted story when you, when you look back on it. Um, so I was a, an engineer at uni, uh, by trade and it took me eight years to get through a five year degree. So I certainly enjoyed my time at uni a little too much. Um, and literally got to the end of it and realized I didn't want to do it. So it was, uh, it was, a, <laughs> I don't know why I did that, but so I, I failed second year. Then I took second year off no other way. So I took second year off then I failed second year. And then I went back and took another year off. <laughs> so it was, and then I just sat down and slogged through the last four years and to get to the end of a, an aerospace engineering degree. And I've gone, I actually don't want to be an aerospace engineer. Um, so we just thought so I'd. You've uh, just got a degree and a, a hefty hex bill to show for it. <laughs> I was lucky, lucky enough back then, though, that uh, it was quite cheap. Uh-huh. <laughs> so good. I was the, the cutoff year just before it increased. I think it doubled yeah, okay. like the next year. So it was, uh, I, I did all right in the end. But. Um, uh, yeah, and then so I was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, as you do when you're well, I was at 26 at that stage, um, and I kind of stumbled into payments. So uh, in a little roundabout way is um, uh, my brother had retail stores at the time, and we were just doing a business plan for some expansion, and we said, how much are we going to put in for bank fees, thinking you might want a couple hundred bucks in the cash flow forecast, and he goes, oh, no, chuck in 30 grand. Um, 30 grand bank fees. What's that all about? Um, and yeah, so it was to do with the FBOS fees. So a few phone calls later and that sort of thing, we actually eventually set up, a, we took CBA's transactional banking products and put our logo on them uh, and sold them to small business. So uh, FPOS machines, check accounts and, and, and credit cards um, to small business. Um, and that grew really quickly. So I started that in 2004. 
three was the first round. 2004 was that there was the next iteration of that business. And then that sort of grew really quickly through to 2009. And, and that sort of those five, four or five years was just actually a, a, a really amazing roller coaster. Um, so I just, uh, we had our peak sort of 35 sales and marketing staff up and down the Eastern seaboard. Um, wow. we were doing all manner of marketing, you name marketing sales as we tried it. Uh, we're doing probably a hundred thousand mail outs a month at any one point in time. Uh, we had a call center, they got a peak of 20 doing both the inbound and outbound and that went fluctuate up and down. And then uh, we got heavily into the field staff as well. So I think we sort of had I don't know, three appointment sitters and 12 to 15 people on the road. Um, but we also stumbled into Mr. Google. Um, so obviously as everybody does is 2005, about September, um, we just had to, a competitor popped up that I wanted to find out more information. And at the time they actually didn't have a website, which is a bit strange, but you Googled and then you saw the little ad, pop up or I think it was a shade of boxes back then. Yeah. And I got, what the hell is that? Um, and then half an hour later we had, we figured out what it was. And 45 minutes after that, we had an ad running and I go, let's give this a crack and see what happens. Um, <laughs> and it actually did really well. So I think my second day we got a lead through the door. I've gone, Oh, this is good. Cause prior to that, we'd all been outbound. <laughs> We've been door knocking and cold calling and all that sort of jazz. Um, so it's, uh, it was a really interesting start to it. And then that just, uh, blossomed and from there so i think by month three we're doing about 15 grand a month in revenue from google ads um and uh then just started doing all manner of things so obviously we wanted uh we've i reckon we've probably hired 12 marketing digital marketing companies over that first stint um and and all varying degrees of success um and obviously we'll talk about current business a bit later but it also um became a very deliberate approach for us is to build what sort of product and why we built it because basically we've been a, a client of, of 12, 13, 14 of them over the time, um, which has been really interesting, but it also, um, you get to know the ins and outs of, of the industry really well. Uh, but it was, it was quite, I mean, it was quite a ride um, at the time. I think we, it, we employed and sacked over 300 sales staff um, over those sort of five or six years. So you just, wow. you learn That's all huge. manner of bullshit that people try and sprout to you. Am I allowed to swear? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling yeah. I'm back in high school. Yeah. It's how many really, people were you, were you running that with? Was it just yourself or did you have um, like a leadership team that you, you... Uh, so when we got, we, we had a we had small, really small leadership team. So basically we just, we had a sales manager um, yeah. whose job was to obviously manage the day to day of the staff and, and just an operations person. So that yeah, just obviously took care of the application processing and paperwork and systems and, and all that sort of stuff. So it was, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was really interesting. It's, um, yeah, it's, once again, you just, you learn so much, you know, it's all the ups that uh, is mm. what you really learn the most on, um, as you go through the motions. Yeah. Um, so it was, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was good. We learned a lot of about sales and marketing, um, just in terms of systems and process. And, and I guess it's also, was there anything, well, was there anything you tried back then that you're like, glad, I'm glad I tried it, but I'd never do that again. Um, yeah, so we, uh, so obviously when Google was doing really well for us, um, and back then it was super cheap. So we've gone, why don't we have a second brand? <laughs> so we, oh, no. we launched a second brand, purely digital. So yeah. it was, and then all the leads would come through to the one call center to handle. And that did pretty well. So I think we sort of like a 30% jump in leads and conversions within a month or two. So we thought, we can do two brands. Why wouldn't we do three brands? <laughs> so, so we actually got three brands running um, on 
on Google, um, both from a paid and also an SEO perspective. And I remember at one stage when this is obviously well and truly before maps was, was taking hold, um, was that you obviously had the three page across the top and yep. then you had 10, um, results and then none. I think at one stage we had like six of those 16 positions, both, both from a paid and organic perspective. So it was, wow. uh, um, and it was relatively cheap back then. So you could, you could do that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, today I would certainly advise never ever doing that sort of process. Not to mention it's a little unethical, a little misleading. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was, it was really interesting from a test and trial and you could see for some reason, Google would favor certain keywords at certain websites and, and how you manage the bid strategy to make sure you're not cannibalizing your own money and, and all that sort yeah, of jazz. Wow. It was, um, yeah, yeah it, was, it was a bit of a ride. Oh, that's cool. Um, and yeah. then going on from that business, when did you exit and move into or start due north? Um, so I'll take you through the, there's a, I guess a few stepping stones and jump. So, uh, we finally, that finally shut that business down in 2015. Um, so it had a really good innings over a long period of time that did really well for us. Um, so it, uh, ultimately eventually we ended up with 22,000 clients. We had a database of sort of hundred and about 130,000 small businesses that we were making contact with on a regular basis. So it was, it was quite a high volume game. Um, but it was also the toe in the door. So we wanted to do a lot more with, with that business. Um, and obviously 2008, 2009 GFC hit. So literally the banks just shut up shop. It was actually, it was really interesting to watch that process, but it also means that they basically switched off our tap in terms of what we could and couldn't do. So we hit our head against the brick world with them for another 18 months to two years, trying to do more with them. So ultimately with a hefty database and you've started a financial relationship, why can't you sell them home loans and car loans and all that sort of stuff? But they just, they really had no interest. So it was really about 2011. We said 2010, 2011, let's go explore new things. So, uh, we got stuck into party hire, which is interesting. So we had a party hire business for 18 months, um, which did really well, ended up with uh, three locations um, and then had a partner falling out. So that just shut up that shop, um, which was a pain in the ass. Um, and then that's really when next business was Overdrive, which was a purely digital marketing business around SEO and Google Ads, really product-specific focus. So we started that in 2012. Um, and we sold that in 2015 to a, to a larger uh, agency. Um, and I guess kind of in hindsight, it was um, a little, un- well, it wasn't hindsight, the time was quite as a, a selective criteria, but we were a bit unhappy with, uh, with that as a business model, um, which is once again, one of the other really strong learnings uh, that I've had is that um, we would do quite well for some companies in that business and really crap for a different business, but we're doing the same thing and we could never figure out why one would work for one and it wouldn't work for the other. And, um, to me, I I take it really personally. If I I can't get performance and results from my clients, um, it, it really weighs on me. Um, I don't sleep well and all that sort of jazz. So, and that was really when started 2015, I said, "I, I actually can't make this work. It's time to get out. Um, and so that's when we sold, mentioned down the path of selling that. Um, and it was in September that year, three months after the sale process went through that it, that's when we did it was, and that's really goes to the foundation of due north was really about it's got to be a complete 
system. So you yeah. can't just do Google ads or just do SEO and expect to get results, right? It's, you know what, it's the whole thing. And, and you know, this branding is such a vital part of everything, your core messaging and your target audience, the brand strategy, that's got to be right. You know, your website's got to be right. You've got to communicate the right messages. You've got to have the right information. You've got to provide the right user journey. That's got to be right. Then you've got to run the right Google ads and SEO over top of that. And then you've got to have great content that under supports it. And then you want to build a life. So it's that whole system is what works. So just having a component of that doesn't work. Yeah. So you can pay five grand a month to an SEO company. If you've got a chip website, it's never going to work. Yeah. Um, so that's the, that was, I guess, one amazing learning that um, that's put us in really good stead uh, recently. Mm. That's sort of the background. And then, so that's so 2015, end of 2015 was really when Junior started to get born. Uh, and then 16 was really building everything um, in terms of obviously brand and some product offering. And, and it, it itself has gone through a lot of iterations um, over the past couple of years. Uh, but, but sort of today, got a really a business I'm, that I'm pretty proud of. Um, so yeah, that's cool. Pretty well. Yeah. I mean, and, and because you've had, like, because you've had another chance, not another chance, but another opportunity to build a search or a performance marketing business in due north, what were the lessons that you learned? You know, leaving was it overdrive? Yeah, overdrive what, digital at the time. Yeah. So, yep. what were the, what were the lessons that you learned and sort of applied to due north that you maybe took from overdrive or left um, and didn't you know didn't carry over? Um, yeah. So, I think like a couple of the biggest ones um, obviously uh, fall into a concept of it's everything's got to work together. Yep. So, once again, your branding's got to be right, your website's got to be right. So, once again, historically we'd just do Google ads and not control the website or help improve the website, which once again is ridiculous when you think about it, is <laughs> it since you need that, that whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. But then it's also what's got to underpin it um, is having the right um, management system for yeah. want of a better word. So, and that's really, you know, strategy, um, we break down in five core areas, strategy, analytics, execution, optimization, and management. Yeah. Um, so you really need to get, you know, the reasoning why you're doing what you're doing, which is really about strategy, the right tracking reporting. So you can measure the outcomes and you can see what's working, what's not working. Uh, execution's got to work with a good team. So once again, over time is, I remember having a 23 year old account manager from, um, from an SEO company trying to tell me how to run my business. And I'm going, are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> that didn't last very long. It was a 45 minute month to marketing uh, meeting. And at the end of it, I've gone, I'm now dumber than when I started this conversation. <laughs> so it was uh, quite a, quite an interesting proposition. So that having team, having really good people around you is vital. You know, yeah. you can, um, if you don't have good people, you're just, you're just going to piss in the wind no matter what you do. So mm. um, having that superior team is, is really important. Good people are really hard to find. Pay them well, treat them well, and, and keep them is, is my mm. strongest recommendation around people. Uh, and then optimization. Yeah. So I think one of the other really big learnings is it's, it's about lots of small changes make a really big difference over time. So I think once again, we've got some really interesting competitors, let's call one of them King Kong, um, who uh, <laughs> just – um, sprouts skyrocketing growth, uh, revenue blitzing competitor killing sort of stuff. And, and whilst to some, for some businesses that are in a unique position that they have the opportunity to double in size in three months, um, that's maybe real, but that's 
one in a thousand businesses have the ability to scale that rapidly. So you actually, mm. most businesses, it's not good for them to grow by more than 20 or 30% a year. You don't, you don't have the resources, time, um, infrastructure, people to be able to actually grow like that. So ultimately for us, we've, we've got an internal um, critical number around of 25%. So it's our target of, dry, of growing all our customers results by 25% every year, year on year, yeah. um, which ultimately boils down to 2% per month. So for us, it's, you know, how do we continually get little improvements that add up over time? And it's, mm. that's really, once again, based on uh, Albert Einstein said, uh, uh, the eighth wonder of the world is compound interest. Um, mm. Warren, Buff, Warren Buffett, all he's done is uh, grow things by 23% every year. That's it. No more, no less. And so the, for us is that's the main focus is lots of little improvements over time add up to big results. Um, yeah. And I'm sort of pleased to say we're averaging 34% growth year on year for our clients across all clients. So it's, um, that's awesome. It's certainly, uh, yeah, producing some really good results. And have you found an ideal client or type of client with due North? You said before, you know, you, you, you would find certain things would work for certain businesses and not others. Um, yep. is there a sweet spot for you guys or a, an ideal type of client for you guys? Uh, yeah, look, yeah, there is both from a philosophical, philosophical perspective <laughs> as, as, as well as a, um, a reality perspective that makes sense. So like yeah. in, in, a, um, in a theory world, look, we love that two to 20 million turnover space um, that's, that wants obviously double within the next three years, which gives us that 25% growth year on year prospect. Um, working with a business owner, um, so we, is, is our real sweet spot. Um, got to be obviously for us search is is our core so uh there need to be a high search based business so obviously yeah. if people are searching for it that's that's us if socials yeah. the the primary driver that's not us if direct that's not us either so yeah. um but it's really interesting my latest epiphany with no is um I've got to have a be able to have a beer with them and want to have a beer with them I look at all the clients that have been <laughs> terrible for us and we haven't yeah. been haven't produced for them is um, I can't, I didn't want to be with them. It's they weren't the sort of people that I relate to. Uh, they don't get our creative juices flowing. It was a really interesting epiphany that all the clients mm. we love and we have a great relationship with and we work really well with, um, we relate really strongly with as people. And it's, it's yeah. usually our whole team's based on that is, so it's, it's actually now become our, our, our litmus test is, no, am I going to enjoy having a beer with this person or not? Um, yeah. because it's that cultural fit that becomes really important to, to, to make things work. Oh, 100%. Uh, there's a test I've heard of, which is the road trip test. And would you, you know, oh. would you be okay spending a couple of hours in the car with them? You know, you live yep. up the Sunshine Coast now. Like, would you be comfortable yeah. driving to Brisbane with that person? Yep. Or would yep. you... Uh, that's yeah, a, that's a great one, isn't it? Or, drive off a bridge. Playing, um, <laughs> playing, playing, playing golf across the nullarbor with them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's probably an extreme. But, um, mate, 100%. I completely agree. And it's something that, especially when, when you're doing the type of work that you, know, that you guys are doing, uh, where there's a lot of monthly check-ins, you really have to understand their business and care for that business. And, and you know, if the more they can share and the more they can open up and, and give you, you know, show you what's sort of under the hood, the better you guys can be. And it's the same for our business. I think it's the same for any sort of professional service type business. Um, the more it's an open relationship and an open dialogue and less of a transaction, um, the better the results are. So I think that's a really cool sort of parameter to set on ideal clients. I really like that. Yeah. Yep. It's also, I think a lot of it also comes from that, 
becomes an ethical approach as well yeah. is, is you like people, you trust them. They like you, they trust you. They've got similar values to it. So mm. I also think back to the ones that we never worked well with is they wanted to shortcut the system. They mm. wanted to cheat Google and they wanted to do all these sort of things without really paying the dues that they needed to pay as a business. And that's where you're going, you know, that's, that's not right. Let's, let's not do that. Let's just do it properly. And, and on that, like what, I mean, what, what are, what were the classic shortcuts to Google? I mean, do they, like what, you know, are the days of keyword riddled uh, web copy gone? Are those sorts of oh. things are the yeah, like what? Well, well yeah. and truly, yeah. and, and look, yeah. it's it's gone on two fronts, right? A, it's gone because Google no longer buys into that. I mean, there's still little bits of old school SEO lingering mm. um, that's every week's going and getting better and better. But certainly, just from your own pride perspective is you, is you don't want a shit website. You shouldn't have a web page that's just stuffed with keywords that makes no sense. It's, yeah. um, you know what, your website's built for your target audience um, and Google follows suit. Um, yeah. So it's, and it's also, I think people keep, people don't stop to think about what Google's trying to do. So at Google's essence, it's, he's, he's trying to index and categorize the world's information. Hmm. But when you type a search, something into the search box, it's his job to show what he feels is the most authoritative, relevant, informational uh, website first and so on down the list, right? Yeah. So ultimately that's what he's trying to do. And then all you want to do is marry up. So that means I want to build my business and my website into being the authoritative, relevant, expert, uh, knowledgeable uh, business on the planet. So that, that ultimately becomes the, the, the objective and, and that's what you should try and build. And so mm. whilst Google still has a few nuances that he's ironing out. Um, he'll continually reward you more and more and more and more and more and more by taking that approach. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And, um, um but yeah, there's still a, there's still a heap of, there's still a heap of dodgy shit going on out there. And it does, it's, it's actually become one of my bugbears, um, and personal gripes is I've just written, I'm about to release this blog article saying we, it's time to kill SEO. Right. And, <laughs> and, Tell me and about it that. is, it's look, it's it's right on numerous fronts, right? So, um, SEO is uh, there's it's an unregulated industry. Mm. Um, ultimately, there's no real right and real wrongs. So there's no playbook. You don't go to university to study like you do accounting or medicine or law or yeah. whatever it is. It's just there's a group of people that have come up with saying that I think we need to do this because this yeah. is what I've learned from what Google says. And then there's guys saying I do this. But it's also – so that's the first one. There's no um, real regulation to it. Second thing is nobody really knows the secret herbs and spices. You've got ideas and you've got gumptions and doing the right thing helps and that sort of thing, but it's nobody really knows. The third thing, which I think is the most fascinating part of all of this is all the SEO I've ever done or I've ever seen being done is literally because other people haven't done their job well. Yeah, wow. Right? So um, you, you, you look through – so I'm not saying parts that aren't important, but it's also being done because – so example, the on-sites, the, the SEO on-site components, all the technical yeah. things to do with the website um, basically means your web dev hasn't done his job, right? Mm. So checking the robots file or the sitemap, they should be standard web dev 101. You should be putting that in. Um, yeah. uh, but having good titles and metas on a page, that should be the person that's uploading the content should be doing that properly. Um, yeah. Being able to uh, interlink between pages is because you're producing a, a valid user journey for, for your audiences. So yeah. um, off, all the off-page backlinking stuff is, you know, you should be found in all the major directories as a business. So true local and yellow pages are still there. God knows why. Um, but <laughs> that's, that's part of your marketing, right? You should be found yeah. on major 
in, internet sites. Um, yep. And then it should then it should become a digital PR bank, right? So that ongoing backlinking concept, it should be, you know, produce some really good content that you get put onto media websites and influencer websites and all that sort of stuff. Sponsor yep. the local footy team uh, and get that, get a link from them to you because you're showing that you support them. And that's what you're doing, right? So that's, mm. that's SEO, but that's also just really good marketing and run a good business that does, that does good things. Right. But yeah. you still get this, you still get these, you get, two, you've got two core problems, right? You've got one is businesses that just want to outsource it and forget it, yeah. which is not a good approach. A that B that'll never work and you'll never get to where you want to go. Um, and B you've got agencies that want you to do that so that they can just take your two grand a month and do some stuff that probably won't work. So it's that it's a whole industry that's rife of crap. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong, there are some great people in it and there's some people doing some good stuff and they mean well um, and producing, but at the same time, it's also, um, it's a, people have created a figment industry that mm. ultimately should fall into other categories of just doing great marketing. Man, that's so, that's so uh, refreshing to hear and it's something I completely agree with. I think it's a complete bullshit uh, type of industry. Uh, yep. No offense, yep. but I think, I think it, it, relies, <laughs> it relies on an imbalance of information. Uh, so, all, yep. So, all the, so yep. the client has really no idea what's, what's going yep. on in their report or in their, um, you know, typically. Um, and this is the majority, I think. The clients have very little understanding of what's happening each month. And the agencies are hoping uh, or are relying on that imbalance of information or knowledge so that they can take, like you said, that two grand, do a little bit of stuff and, and come back with a report. And it's always a case of this is a six-month, this is a 12-month strategy. This isn't, you're not going to see results quickly. So you, the client yep. has to go with it for such a long time. But you're right. Like good, good SEO should be good marketing. It should be write, writing good content writing good yeah. articles that, that other people want to share, not because they're being yeah. paid to share, but they want to share because it's, you know, it's relevant to their industry. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's sort of like it, it, it encourages poor behavior because it's, it is that like what in business should we, you be allowed to just pay, you know, a little fee each month and just have, and just get great return from, like, I don't know. It's just, it's such a, like a, a, you know, an idea for a hope for a silver bullet, but it just sure. shouldn't exist. It's exactly what it is. Yep, yeah. you are spot on the mark. Yep, and it's time for it to go. So I've, I've had enough of that. that that's <laughs> going to be my my war for the next two years is to kill SEO. <laughs> Mate, you will be having death threats from people. They'll be like, but, but Ben, you don't realise that like I've got... 25 or 50 clients paying me two grand a month and I literally yep. do fuck all. Uh, yep. Like, yep. Or yeah. I, I do stuff, but I don't quite know why I'm doing it. And the client yeah, has yeah. no idea what's being done. And you're going, marketing is yeah. logical. Do logical, do good stuff. As you said, do great marketing is, is ultimately the, the, yeah. The, yeah. Wow. The Mate, well, I'm, I'm excited. Yep. I'm excited to see it and, uh, and, and support you on your journey. I think that's a cracking uh, cause <laughs> to, uh, to get behind. Um, awesome. actually w while we're on SEO, so give me, give me a very, very, you know, five-year-old's guide to the difference between search marketing or search engine yep. marketing and yep. SEO, which is search engine optimization. Coming back to my point before is everybody's got a different definition, right? <laughs> so yeah. There's, yeah, yeah. there's actually not, there's not a right or wrong one. So ultimately traditionally uh, SEM or search engine marketing has been the paid version. So you're paying yep. Google to bring visitors and SEO's uh, search engine optimization is the organic means where you're not technically paying for every click that comes through or visitor that comes through to your website. Um, 
but ultimately you've got to market your business and you've grow, got to grow your authority. So it still costs you money, but you're marketing mm. your business in a, in a different way. So, I mean, they're traditionally the, um, the, the differentiation, but once again, SEM search engine marketing to me should be anything to do with a search engine. It's, you know, how do you, how do you grow your business using search is what yeah. search engine marketing technically means. But yeah, so traditionally one's paid, um, SEM and SEO is the organic. Man, I'm, really, I'm, I'm really excited for your, uh, for your list of easy things to do to help your, your site rank because it sounds like I won't be getting one from you if, um, <laughs> if the answer is well, search engine optimization is actually doing lots and lots of really good content well over time. Um, no, yeah, I don't think uh, that sells. Is there's no It's not sexy. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have a quite a low conversion rate when we talk to leads for that very fact. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Um, look, and I guess there's a couple of things with that, right? So, I th- one thing in our book, and I'm a strong proponent of this. To us, marketing is your business's most important asset. Right. So, the long and the short of when you go to sell your business, if you ever go to sell it, is they will value your business on two core things, right? One is your ability to generate revenue, which is marketing. And then it's your ability to profitably fulfill that promise that you've made. So, which is your operations and your product, right? So if you don't have any customers, you'd certainly no point in fulfilling nobody uh, with their products and services. So, uh, so your whole business's valuation is based on your marketing, right? Whether that be your Google marketing, your website, your loyalty, your referrals, your brand, the brand equity, uh, et cetera. That's what, that's the real value of a business. Yeah. Um, and so when you take that into account, that raises the stakes of how important marketing is. I mean, there's a, there's also a statistic going around at the moment that 70% of people have made up the decision-making process of whether they're going to use you or not before they even speak to you. So it's, which is just massive, right? And that's growing. Um, Mm. They do say that 82% of stats are made up on the spot as well. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, But it it just shows that, you know what, your website is so much more important. Your brand is so much more important. People are researching the reviews. They want to read your blog articles. They're going to download the ebook. So that, that whole marketing is so important to your business now. Um, So you need to treat it as such. Yes, there are some foundational fundamental things you've got to get done that will Google will reward you. So um, once again, you need a good website. He's going to reward you for having a good website that's user-friendly and creative. And don't skimp on your website. Don't, and so I, this describes for me as well, is people want a two grand website or a five grand website and you're going, are you for real? This is the, your mm. business's most important thing on the planet and you want to spend jack shit on it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So Google rewards that. Uh, all those foundational directories and business citations, so Yellow Pages and True Local and Hot Frog, and you've got to set them up. Set them up well, put some good photos on, try and get some reviews on them, those sort of things. Um, so they're, they're all the foundational things that, that Google reward you accordingly, but then get get marketing. Then the hard stuff really kicks in, you know what? And so we're, we're, we're sort of pushing all our clients and all our leads around this concept of the one who adds the most value wins. So ultimately, yeah. branding and marketing is a promise of value. Mm. Um, and for a lot of people, it's perceived value that they think they don't need to fulfill and that'll come back and bite them eventually in the ass. Um, but you just got to, your whole purpose is to add value to people, uh, whether they be potential clients, just gen, general Joe Schmo down the street, um, clients, networks, et cetera, is the more value you add, the more clients you're going to get, the more your business is going to grow. Um, and that, that ultimately should underpin your marketing. So all your content that you're putting out, it's got to add value to people. It's got to be thought provoking. Uh, it's got to be uh, for the greater good. Um, and that, that becomes your marketing. Yeah. What's some advice you'd give to someone who's struggling to come up with new content? 
Um, is there anything that you guys you guys like to you know have you got a few tips or um, yep. yeah some some yeah. guidance around that? Yeah, look at this, and there's there's both from a there's a couple of tools out there that really use so keyword research is still really important um, to figure out you know what are our target audience really typing in. So if you put in your web address or uh, what they call seed keywords into Google's got a couple of tools. He'll spit out 4,000 different possible combinations. So that, that's a really good place to start. Um, there's a couple of uh, uh, commercial tools, um, which I can, I can shoot you after this that you can obviously link, link through or whatever you need to do, but that, that you can um, buzz sumo and those sort of things that really help you. You put in a keyword and it spits out his 400 trending topics that, that you can write about. Um, yeah. By far the biggest and easiest one is there's a, a book called uh, "They Ask You Answer." I can't remember Marcus Sheeran. Um, who the guy but, is? He, he the guy in the states who had the yes, pool company? So, yeah, yeah, that's him. That's I, heard exactly that, him. I heard that on a, a podcast years ago. It must have been a social yep. media podcast or something like yep. that. And yep. it was um, it was around the GFC in the states when he started. And he, had a, yep. he had a pool company. Correct. And yeah, yep. tell, can you tell um, me the story? Because it's a cracking story. It's, it's a great it's a great story. So long on the show, the pool company was about to go in belly up. The GFC hit, nobody's buying pools and that sort of stuff. And uh, they just started to blog. There's obviously a lot more to the story, but they basically just started to blog and started to own Google. Um, and effectively, their whole strategy was around they ask, you answer. So any single question we ever get from a customer, uh, a lead, a prospect on the phone, face-to-face, we're going to write it down and we're going to write an article about it. Mm. Um, but it's also from a very honest, transparent and value-add proposition so they made their whole website about that but also very clear as to why you should choose our product over somebody else's we're not going to try and shortcut you with um the the little bit of bullshit saying ours is better than theirs when in fact you know it's not so it's kind of you still need that authenticity and honesty in it but it's ultimately any business will get asked 10 or 20 questions a day from customers potential customers people they meet in the street how do you do this? What does this mean? How do I get better at that? So, yeah. and that's really, that's a really great one because that'll keep you busy for yonks. Um, but it also, yeah. if they're asking it to you in person, it also means people are typing that into Mr. Google, Miss Google. Mm. I'm sorry. I, I should call it, I, for some reason I've got it's a Mr. Google in my head. So please, please, <laughs> don't, I don't mean that. To <laughs> no, that's sex, all good. I think we'll get past that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that's a great one. And look, ultimately it's in your head. So once again, this, that value add and how you demonstrate you are the thought leader in your industries, you'll have so many ideas in your head um, that pop out when you're in the shower, when you're out for a bike ride, when you're, you know, when you're at whatever, when you're putting a new delivery piece together is ideas pop up in your head that you're going, Oh, that's a good idea. Let's, let's write about that. So it's, mm. it's really a combination of all of those. And I guess that's, that, that's got a really, and um, that, that we've effectively just covered what a content strategy needs to, <laughs> needs to be by the way, <laughs> um, is it's, it's gotta be what Google um, will tell you what to do. It's what your target audience is searching for. And then it's also how do you be the thought leader um, in your space so that you're sharing your wealth of knowledge. And the really interesting thing about business owners is they don't think they've got value to add. They think their story is a little meek. um, uh, It's just me. Why would anybody? And look, I call it imposter syndrome. It's a term called imposter syndrome is they, Mm. for some reason, 95% of business owners don't feel that their story is all that good. Whereas it's quite the opposite is it's because you deal with it day in, day out. You, you're kind of bored of it in some ways. Whereas other people have never heard your story. They have never heard yeah. your guidance and advice. And that's what you need to get out there. Um, and the fourth one, part of that content strategy is really about 
um, inspiration. So what's coming out of the, what's the latest craze out of the U S that you should be sharing? What's the design awards that, that somebody else does that can get people's juices flowing. So that's, um, and that's what drives great SEO results. Yeah, that's cool. Man, that's great. Thanks for sharing. And I, I love that you touched on imposter syndrome because it is something that I think, yeah, you're right. All business owners do sort of, um, encounter. And, and it's one of those things that I, you know, before putting out content and putting out blogs in the past, I, I struggled on like, does the world need another blog on branding or that sort of thing? And then someone actually said to me, well, they need one coming from you. Like there were, you know, it doesn't exist. There isn't one right now that you, that you've done. And that's sort of the difference. So like, you know, it might not be, it might not go up against Seth Godin or something like that, but at the same time for your audience, for your network, that will be, you know, you can still maintain that space in their minds as, you know, the person who adds value in that area. So, Eric, um, I'll yeah, story I really, about Seth Godin. Yeah. Um, I'm so proud of myself. Um, so I, <laughs> <laughs> it's not often. So when I get to get proud of myself, I need to share it. Um, yeah. but I just, I just wanted to say i last year I wrote a blog article called, it should be called marketing digitally and not digital marketing. And that yeah. can be another, that can be a whole, a whole nother podcast. Um, but <laughs> two weeks to the day that mine went live, he put a blog article up saying it should be called digital marketing. Sorry. It should be called marketing digitally and not digital marketing. So I was pretty chuffed. So you beat Seth Godin to it? Beat Seth Godin to the punch. <laughs> Mate, very good. <laughs> that was Seth funny. Who? That's awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> ben, what do you wish you knew? So starting due north, well, actually, yeah. Starting due north uh, in 2015, what do you wish you knew then that you do know now? Um, I think there's a couple of things. I think that what well, you just touched on, that imposter syndrome thing, I think is forms part of it. And it's that, you know, be the best you. There's no mm. other you on the planet. There's no other person with the same experience be you, be the best you you can be. And, you know, I'd give you the bird to everybody else that doesn't want you to be you. <laughs> I think was, is, is, um, I think one of the, 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 more, the more recent ones. Um, yeah, I love that. It's tying into, I guess my favorite book at the moment as well is, is uh, this topic of essentialism. I think, yep. did I give you, I gave you that book, didn't I? You gave me a copy. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm excited to read it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, that's, it's an awesome book, but it's just the concept of, really doing less is better and do it better. So do a lot less than what you're trying to do and just be the best at less, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Get rid of all the noise, cut out all the shit, cut out the things that aren't a priority and important in your life and just really focus on the two or three, one, four, whatever they are, and that's all you do. Don't let anybody else steal your time. Don't let anybody else uh, request things of you. Don't check email every hour, get rid of social. So it's all that. Just really simplify your life into essentialism. Um, yeah, I love that. What, um, I, what from that did you take and, and put into your business? I mean, I remember years ago reading four hour work week by Tim Ferriss and being like, this is amazing. Yeah. This is amazing. But as I was an employee at the time and I could really not take much from it in terms of what I put into practice day in, day out, but yep. say from yep. essentialism, what, what are the, some of the things that you've read um, and then put into place into yeah. your routine? So, so I guess some, a couple of things that fall into that and it's from a couple of other sources is so as a business, we have one critical number. So everything we do is uh, directed to that one critical number, which is that 25% growth we spoke about. So everything, yeah. all our uh, monthly reviews of clients, all our quarterly reviews, our plans, our activity, um, to the extent that we've also got all the core staff have got individual KPIs that are directly 
um, aligned to that 25% growth. So obviously our um, organic search people and content people has got to be growth of 25% of organic visitors through to the site. Our Google ads people is 25% growth in conversions. Um, so it's all tied into that one essential number for one of a better word, mm-hmm. um, which, yep. which produces amazing focus and results of people. Um, we've cut out a heap of product. Um, so once again, we used to do social email bits and pieces. We've, you know, got rid of all of that and all, all we do now within reason is search. So it's yep. website content, Google ads, SEO, and all the, the systems have got to underpin that. Um, got rid of crap, crap clients, <laughs> which is uh, uh, really interesting. Um, yep. So it's just once again, you know, just make your life simple, make it better, and make yep. it simple. Um, does wonders. Um, no, look, great. I think probably the other really um, in big learning I've had is uh, this concept. It's not about you or me in this instance, and I don't mean that from a selfish perspective. It's you always yep. get in your head that you think, oh, you think your customers want to see this or you think this is the marketing we should be doing or you think this is what people are going to value. But in, in reality, it's, it's actually not, you have no defined definition in it at all. It's your customers mm. and target audience is what it's all about. So what's actually, what do they actually want? What are they prepared to pay for? Most importantly, what do they value? Because I think my experience is that once again, 95% would be my ballpark guess of business owners think they're providing one value and a value proposition to to their customers. Whereas the reality is other customers will think it's a completely different value that they're getting out of it. So um, yeah. it's that concept of everything's got to do with your target audience. I'm not saying they're always right, um, but mm. that's you're being judged by your target audience and the value you give them. Yeah. So it's not about you, it's about them. That's great. Yeah. But is there anyone in your life who's been a big influence on, uh, on getting to you, getting you, sorry, to where you are today? I keep coming. It's got to be to me. It's family and friends. Yeah. I think it's it's your whole life's about relationships. What was that? Isn't that TED talk where they did that eighty year study on uh, uh, longevity no. of no, no. But longe- I they they yeah. Remind me. They had a few people and they checked in with them every ten years or something. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and, I, look, and, I think it was, like it's ten thousand people or something. Oh, and sorry. They talked about longevity of life and happiness. Yeah. Um, of life. Um, and surveying all these, all these people and following them over 80 years and that sort of stuff was ultimately happiness and longevity life came down to relationships with people. Mm. Obviously, if you're an alcoholic, it's not going to matter too much. You're going to die <laughs> even, earlier even than if, later. Even, or if you're, or, even if you've got great relationships down at the pub. You, correct. <laughs> yeah. but the defining, the defining um, aspect was relationships with people. So mm. you can be the richest person in the world and be the unhappiest and die young versus you could be the poorest person in the world, have great friendships and relationships. Um, and, and it's also, you look at all the fun and adventures and reason is to me, it's all in friends and family. Um, mm. it's, it's people you like spending time with that you can have fun with. Um, and I think they're the ones that obviously have the biggest influence. So obviously my parents have been amazing, um, from a young age and medium and older. I appreciate them more today than I ever have, which is awesome. Um, my brother's great. Both we socially get along really, really well, but we also push and challenge each other quite strongly yeah. on, on the business front, which is awesome. Um, and, and a couple of good friends um, that really just 
um, pushed me. One, one in particular, Heath, if he's listening, reaching out to you, Heath, he's a great guy. He's, once again, uh, I, I envy him that, you know, he's, I don't know, sold two, two businesses quite nicely for a hefty, hefty figure. Um, but I kind of look, he got, he started two businesses. He sold two. <laughs> he made a lot of money. I've started five. Um, I've done all right, but I haven't, uh, <laughs> haven't cracked that eight and nine figure sales that, uh, that you want to crack one day. Yeah. Um, but he's just, he brings an amazing ability to understand, uh, concepts and once again, the target audience will dictate whether you're successful or not, not, not you or your product or your offering. Yeah, that's cool. And yeah. on that, I mean, you, like you said, you've started quite a few businesses. Uh, where do you think you get that sort of entrepreneurial drive or spirit? Um, oh, it's got to be my parents. So once again, my parents had a couple of businesses as, as we grew up, um, which I learned a lot on. I think they learned a lot on, um, but we're never overt. Like they did, like they did pretty well for themselves. But they, they also the businesses also um, had a few crashed and burned failures. Like mm. you know, obviously, you learn a lot through that. But you also yeah. experience uh, a lot that that happens um, as they go through that. So I think that's probably where that stems from. But I think it's also that I'm a, I'm a bit of a free a free soul, not from a hippie perspective, but I like to do things my way. And if and, and once again, not illegally or anything, but somebody telling me that I've got to be at the office by 8.30 um, just ain't going to cut the mustard if it's a beautiful day outside and I can go for a ride. Um, yeah. Or once again, I, I um, to me, outdoors, um, if I there's a, used to be when I was in Melbourne, there was a bike ride every year that used to go on for a week in November um, called the Great Vic Bike Ride, which is just awesome. That's another story. Um, but if they ever told me I couldn't do that, I'd be going like the bird to them. Um, yeah. So it's just that, that uh, I'm going I'm to do it my way if I'm going to do it. Um, sort of tends itself to be a, a business owner slash entrepreneur versus a, an employee of somebody that gets four weeks holiday. Um, I mentioned being the U S has got like two weeks max. I think most of them only have one week holiday in the U S well, I've got a good friend over there. Who's in telling the US. Me that. Yeah. The U S yeah, have, um, I've gone, have terrible uh, annual leave. I know that. Uh, I yeah. think the UK has got five weeks or something. I think the UK is sort of one up from us. Yeah. Um, I think Scandinavia is eight or 10 weeks, isn't it? I think we should oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, but uh, it's that freedom that I need in my life. Yeah, on on that before yeah. you mentioned you've had it, you know, you had it, or your parents had a few crash and burn moments, or and it's the failures that you you um you sort of learn from. Yeah. I I, I want to ask as a business owner, I think I think a lot of business owners are very good at remembering the failures and and not very good at celebrating the successes and celebrate taking the time to celebrate the wins. I mean, yeah. how do you guys celebrate wins in your business? Bloody awfully. Um, it is <laughs> definitely one of my weak points um, is is that celebration. And you're right, it is. you should celebrate them all. And so it's like I was just thinking about the failures. Like a couple of years ago, whenever we got a customer complaint, I used to freak out, right? I was the worst. Um, first, it would be denial. No, you're wrong. <laughs> you're, you're the <laughs> asshole. Uh, and then it's acceptance. And then it's going, what's going yeah, on with this? It's the stages of grief, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then it's um, it's interesting that, if you actually shift and that's like the growth mindset concept, but it's also, that's that, that's your target audience and your customers telling you something really important. That's mm. the value that they're not getting and want to get that, that that's real value. Right. Mm. So it's that, that's the celebration that you are one step closer to where you want to get to. So yeah. I think it's kind of that you, you've got to celebrate them all um, mm. and, and do, and do a lot more of it. So we've started to get better. Um, yeah. But it's, uh, it's, yeah, I'm certainly not a good person to ask to provide advice on that front. Mate, I'm, well, I'm, I'm the same. I mean, we're, yeah, we're, we're pretty shocking as well. And it's something that yeah. 
I've, I've got to try to put into put some system or process into it because you're right. Like I think it's if if someone said, "Oh, tell me about your failures," I could I could quickly think of the times that we've um you know we've gone into sort of crisis mode or you know like yep. you know down in the trenches sort of thing, and um you, you quickly you know, try to solve them or deal with it. But um but yeah, when you've when you've had some wins. Uh, you sort of might be a fleeting moment and then you move on to the next thing. I don't yeah. know. I think it's, um, yep. yeah, it's interesting. Correct. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, no, definitely something to work on. Um, on, on books, you, you mentioned before, uh, um, essentialism as one of your yep. favorite, are there any other books or podcasts yep. that you would like to mention? Uh, yeah, I think there's, um, the book, uh, it's based on a Japanese philosophy called Ikigai. I-K-I-G-I-A, I think it is. And there's a whole book on it. Um, there's probably numerous books on it. Um, but it's just, it's a, I think, a beautiful way to look at life. And it really goes through the four, for them, the Japanese philosophy goes through um, the four core things. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to get this right off the top of my head. Um, but, yeah, you got to find something you do that you love. Yeah. Find something that the world needs. Yeah. Uh, find something that they're prepared to pay for and... Uh, the fourth one's going to skip my memories and find something you can master or something. Uh, what are you good at? Yeah. What are you good at? Um, and so that's just, and it goes into a few other details and that sort of thing. Um, but it's just, it's an amazing way to, to shape up what you should be doing with your life. Um, and, and evolving and growing and getting better. Um, uh, I think, um, I think Jim Collins has, uh, has stolen it for his hedgehog principle. Probably. Yeah. That's certainly part of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's certainly part of it. Um, um, so there's that the the um, uh, the prophet by Cahill Gabriel, I think his name is. It's just it was it's just a beautiful book. Um, it's just yeah. a, a great story <laughs> fable about a boy. It's a half hour hour read, but it just um, is is an amazing story that just makes you feel so happy. Um, so, sorry, what was that one? I missed that one. Uh, the, prophet. the prophet. Yeah, yeah, Cahill Gabriel. Um, and I love the Tim Ferriss podcast show. Yeah. Um, I always walk away with two or three nuggets of gold out of every single interview he does. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, no, uh, got some, it's got some crackers. Yeah, um, absolutely. Mate, thank you for taking the time to chat with us. I've, I've had a great time. But uh, in closing, who's someone remarkable in branding, marketing or design that you know that we should speak to? Um, it's interesting. I am... Um, I just love business owners and I know this is going to be pretty broad, (laughs) Um, but, uh, and obviously you're in tech and I'm in, in EO, um, just (laughs) speaking to business owners in general, uh, hearing their stories is is just amazing. Mm. It's really what gives me shits and giggles. Um, I think you can interview some celebrities and I think you can interview the likes of Seth Godin, that sort of stuff. But I look, I really think it's the, it's the guys that have that imposter syndrome that you normally won't get. There's a guy called um, Adam Thompson, who I love to death, who um, like they, he will tell you that his marketing is terrible mm. and the brand as it's presented is terrible, but he's built an amazing business off the delivery of his products and services. Yeah. Um, and that is marketing, right? So whilst he may not have a pretty flyer or a, a great front to his website, mm. um, marketing today is your whole business. It's how you deliver on what your promise is as well as what the promise is. Yeah. Um, and he's done an amazing job he, and he's a great guy. He, uh, so it's, it's those sort of people that uh, I think 
are shy, timid, and have imposter syndrome that I think tell the best stories and and really have an amazing value to add. So that's who I'd be going after. Awesome, Matt. Yeah, no, I'd love to connect with him. And Ben, what's your favorite quote or the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Uh, Favorite quote? Uh, last year was discovered. I found it. Um, and it's basically the purpose to life. I have to read this out cause it's a bit longer than normal. Uh, purpose to life is to discover your gift. The work of life is to master that gift and the meaning to life is to give that gift away. So it's to me, it just sums up what, why you're here, what you should be doing, um, and, and how you're going to, to really live your life. So just recapping, it's first step is, you know, just discover what you're bloody good at and love doing the yiki guy, what people will pay you for and, and what you, you get lost in for hours on end is trying to, to, to master it. Then it's the work of life is what you do day and day is to get better and better and better and better at it. It's like the, the 10,000 hours. Is that Jim Collins or is that? Uh, um, 10,000 hours. Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. 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 So, you know, the hedgehog concept, same thing, you know, just get better and better and better yeah. and better and better at it. Um, and then the meaning to life is to give that gift away. So this comes down, you know, what? add value, share your gifts for free, make people happier, make their lives easier, make their lives simpler. And it's just, uh, yeah, I think it's an it's a awesome yeah, way to awesome. look at life. It's great advice yep. as well. And uh, Ben, where can people learn more about you? Uh, easiest probably LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, ben Hirons on LinkedIn is probably the easiest part um, or due north. Um, we've got a newsletter that, that we start sending out on, once a month and that sort of stuff. So that's probably the easiest. But look, I'm, I'm a coffee guy too. So always up for a chat and a coffee and a beer um, if people ever want to shoot the breeze. Awesome, Most happy to chat. Awesome. Ben, mate, I've had a great time. Really enjoyed it and uh, learned a hell of a lot. So thanks very much for taking the time. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. Much appreciated. (laughs) Cheers, Ben. See you, mate. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of DSR Branding Presents. To learn more about the guests or the things discussed, head to our website, dsrb.com.au slash podcast. If you enjoyed it, please let me know and spread the word by sharing it with a friend. And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. DSR Branding exists to inspire people to love what their work represents. I hope that this episode has inspired you to think differently.